Father in heaven, we thank you today for your many blessings on this your holy Sabbath day of rest. And as we bow before you, we ask that you will revive us, that you will reform us. Forgive us of our sins, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's turn to Psalm 119. Where are we going to? Psalm 119. You know, friends, as we're looking at this last Sabbath of this month, January 2020, February 25th, 2020, we have come to the closing scenes of this earth's history. We are here, my friends. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 119. Where are we going to, my friends? Psalm 119. And let's take a look at verse 133. The Bible tells us, do we know it? Order what, my friends? Order my steps in your word. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Order my steps. And as I was focusing on that scripture, this past week, even this morning, my mind went to this statement here in early writings. That's early writings, page 258. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. In the book, early writings, we are told, my friends, in page 258 of early writings, it says, I saw a company who stood well guarded and firm, giving no countenance to those who would unsettle the established faith of the body. God looked upon them with approbation, with approval. I was shown how many steps? Three steps. The first, the second, and third angel's messages. Said my accompanying angel, woe to him who shall move a block or stir a pin of these messages. The true understanding of these messages is of vital importance. The destiny of souls, let's read that together, what it says. The destiny of souls hangs upon the manner in which they are received. Three steps. And what are those three steps called? The first, second, and third angel's messages. Now today I want to focus on the first step. Go with me to Revelation chapter 14. That first step, the first angel's message of Revelation chapter 14, the Bible tells us in verse number 6 of Revelation chapter 14, the Bible tells us, let's quote that together, because friends, we know it. This is the first step the first angel's message. Revelation chapter 14, the Bible tells us in verse number six, the Bible says, are we there? Amen. The Bible says, and I saw how many angels? Another. And I saw another angel come down from heaven, fly in the midst of heaven, having what? The everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth to every nation kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, first angel, the first step, a loud voice, fear God, 
and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven, the earth, the sea, and the fountains of waters. So what we want to do today, my friends, is to focus on that first step. And notice, what is the theme of that first angel's message? Can anyone tell me, what is the theme of the first angel's message? The theme. Good trust, not fear God. It's not worship. That's not, that is not what everything is hanging on. What is it? The hour of his judgment is come. Look one more time. Fear God, right? Give glory to him because the hour of his judgment is come. So why must we fear God? Why must we give him glory? Why must we worship him? For the hour of his judgment is come. The first step of these three steps. The first angel, the second, third. Now friends, I want everyone to look at this and consider this fact that God commanded the apostle Peter to preach the gospel in his day. It's the everlasting gospel. And contained in Peter's message was that God is going to judge the quick and the dead. What two groups? The quick and the dead. Look with me at Acts chapter 10. Where are we going to, my friends? Acts chapter 10. And look with me at verse 42. Acts chapter 10 and verse 42. And friends, I believe I was looking through my archive. When God gave me this lesson to share with you today, going through my archive and I saw presented a similar message in March of 2019. And I thought I had exhausted all the points. Watch. Acts chapter 10, look at verse 42. The Bible tells us, and he commanded, Peter preaching from verse 34, and he commanded, watch carefully, he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he, Jesus, which was ordained of God to be the what, friends? The judge of what two groups? The quick and the dead. Let's get a second witness. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4. Where are we going to, my friends? 1 Peter chapter 4. And look with me at verse number 5. To judge the quick and the dead. Peter preached it. The apostles preached it. Even Enoch preached it in the book of Jude. Enoch preached the judgment message. No wonder it's called the everlasting gospel from the beginning to the end. First Peter chapter 4, look with me at verse number 5. The Bible says, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge what two groups, the quick and the dead. Now take your writing instruments, take your notepads, now write down the quick, leave space and write down the dead. Who are these two groups? In my previous lesson, I covered the quick meaning the living, judgment for the living. And the word dead is those who are literally unconscious in the grave. 
but that's not the perspective we shall cover today. The quick represents, put it down, the quick represents, by the way, let's write this, both the quick and the dead represents people who are alive. The quick and the dead, this perspective, they represent individuals who are alive. Now, the quick represents those who are alive and converted. Those who are alive and are getting victory over sin. That's the quick. Put it down. The dead would be the opposite. The dead would represent those who are alive, but they are unconverted. They are alive. They are unrepentant. They are alive and see no need, not seeking for victory over sin. To confirm this, go to Ephesians chapter 2. Where are we going to, my friends? Look with me at verse number 1 of Ephesians chapter 2. The Bible tells us, are we ready for this, my friends? The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1. And you hath he what? What's that word? Ah. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Saved from what? Sin. So who are the ones who are made quick? Who are the ones who are quickened? Who are the quick? Those who were once in sin, but now have gotten victory over sin. I want to be in that group, my friends. So who are the dead? The opposite. Who are the dead? He shall judge the quick and the dead. Who are the dead? Those who are dead spiritually, they're alive, but dead spiritually. Who is in that group today? Safe to serve local, safe to serve international. Those of you online, are you in that latter group? You are alive, but you are spiritually dead. Judgment is coming for the quick and the dead. All right, friends. When will God bring judgment upon the quick and the dead? Note this. Put it down. In the judgment, there are three phases of the judgment. Three parts of the judgment. Number one, you are the investigative, the examining, the examination, the investigative phase of the judgment. Number one, I won't go too deep on that. I covered that March 2019. The second phase of the judgment, my friends, is the verdict phase. The what phase? The verdict phase. The third phase, the last phase of the judgment, it is the sentencing and the execution of that sentence. Jesus is going to judge the quick and the dead. So question, we are now living in the investigative judgment since what time? Since what date? October 22nd. 1844, investigated the first step of three steps. Do you see it? The first step of three steps. So when will Jesus now 
pronounce a verdict upon the cases of those who are living, professing him. The quick, they are converted. The dead, alive, but unconverted. When is that the mark of the beast? When, my friends? At the mark of the beast crisis, when we make our decision. Make what? Our decision. Write down Revelation chapter 14. Verse 9 and verse 10. We know it. I'm going to quote it for you, my friends. It says, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead, or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Now, for you to worship the beast, his image, and receive his mark, where are you? You're alive. You're not dead. You're alive. Make sense now? So once you make that decision, you receive the wrath of God. What is the wrath of God? Revelation 15, verse 1, the seven last plagues. And once the plagues are being poured out, probation closes. That's the verdict. It's over, my friends. Then comes the sentencing, second death, execution of that sentence. Does that make sense, my friends? Does that make sense? So now, question. How close are we to the mark of the beast? How close? Do you know diseases, pestilences play a role in ushering in the mark of the beast? Based on Matthew 24, verse 7 through verse 9, famines and what? Pestilences and then what? Earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of, so since they begin sorrow, they will bring the time of great sorrow, the time of great trouble. Then verse 9 says now, you shall be hated of all nations. For my name's sake. I wonder why. Because there's a group of people who have God's name. Name where? In their forehead. And what is that name? They are sealed by God. What is that seal? The Sabbath, victory over sin. I'm not going into all the, all the details to prove that. We are here, my friends. And what are we seeing now in great controversy? Once we see pestilences, they will call for? a sunder law to combat calamities and diseases. Look at the screen. I covered this yesterday during midday power surge. All over the world, my friends, there are cases of individuals who have contracted the coronavirus made in China. And of course, they want us to believe it, it came from eating unclean foods. That may be a part of it, but could it also be man-made? Could it be man-made? Just as we go back to Ephesians chapter 2. We have left that. Ephesians chapter 2. What is said of Satan? In verse 2, he is the prince of the power of the air. Can he bring virus, bacteria? Yes, look at the screen. And here we have in the U.S. one case so far. Well, they are telling us right here, and again, since I covered this on yesterday, I'm not going to recapitulate what we covered during midday power surge. But here it is, my friends, they're telling us that global warming, climate change 
is to be also blamed for these pandemics, even new diseases. All right, friends. And what does the Pope say must be enforced by all nations to combat climate change? To care for the poor. Sunday, how close are we to the mark of the beast? Am I the quick or am I the dead? Are you the quick or are you the spiritually dead? All right, move on now. We put together this ebook for evangelism, friends. Please share it. It's on our website, on Facebook, on YouTube. All right, friends. And it's a Bible study. Please share that, pass that, come back here now. Look at this, BBC News, the second, a second coronavirus patient confirmed in what nation? In America. Now, friends, the, I saw and received an article which says, the cat is out of the bag. This coronavirus outbreak was planned. They actually had a simulation three months ago. Look at this, my friends. January 25th, 2020. Market Watch headline says, Scientists who simulated the global impact of a coronavirus outbreak says, The cat's already out of the bag. And caused China's efforts to contain the disease unlikely to be effective. Who is this scientist? Mr. Dr. Eric Toner from John Hopkins Center of Health and Security. Hmm. Watch this. He was a part of a simulation in partnership with what two organizations? World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Does that ring a bell? Now, either Mr. Toner and Bill Gates are, 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 are prophets in the simulation, or their hands have been caught in the proverbial cookie jar. That caught red-handed. The cat is out the bag. Red words. The death toll, he said, could run in the simulation, could run in the millions if the influenza were resistant to modern vaccines and was easy to catch as the common flu. Then he says, watch carefully, he says this could bring great calamity upon the earth. That last phrase, the next, next article, Business Insider, January 24th, headline says, health experts, plural, issued an ominous warning about a coronavirus pandemic when? Three months ago. Three months ago, their simulation. Why would they simulate this? Come on, friends. Who is it, my friends? Again, Dr. Eric Toner. Red words, first sentence. He said he was not shocked when news of a mysterious coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan, China, why would he not be surprised? Why would he not be surprised? Blue words, it says he was in collaboration, having a synergy with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Watch this now. Who looked at what would happen if a pandemic originated in Brazil's peak farm.
I wonder if they planted this in China. I wonder if they're also planning this for Brazil. How important is Brazil in South America? Is it, is it not the largest economy in South America? Is that not where the, is that not where the Amazon is? The, the, the lungs of the earth? Lungs? Respiratory diseases? Pigs? Unclean foods? How, how many more connections? A myriad of connections and applications can be made. Red words. Look at the cat now coming out the bag. Red words. It says, he says, if they said, if scientists don't find a way to develop what? Ah, vaccines quicker, he said. Dangerous outbreaks will continue to spread. Who is also pushing and promulgating vaccines for epidemics? Bill Gates. And what did he say? What has he said? It is going to bring about depopulation. Pardon? If we do it right. Get rid of some of you. How many percent, he said? 10 to 15 percent. That's over, my friends. That's, we'll get there. Then he says, watch care for the country living. Blue words. That's because... Why would millions die, 65 million? That's because cities are becoming more what? More crowded. Who said that? Sister White. In great controversy. I'll get to that. Page 589. She says, while they profess and pose as a great physician who can heal all our maladies, they will bring disease and disasters until pop Popular cities are reduced to ruin and desolation. Even now, he's at work. In calamities, and it goes on. Then she says, these calamities, these diseases will become more frequent and more disastrous. What is that last sentence right there? It is part of the world we live in now. We are in a what, friends? An age of epidemics, which means what? All right, friends. And here it is, Bill Gates, 10 to 15% of the birth population must die. How, much, how many people is that, my friends? 700 million? That's 10%. 15%. 1 billion. 50 million people, my friends. Look at this now. Now, let me just give you a quick snippet and move on. A quick snippet and move on. Uh, $10 billion over the next 10 years uh, to make it the year of the vaccines. W what does that mean exactly? Well, over this decade, uh, we believe unbelievable progress can be made, both inventing new vaccines and making sure they get out to all the children who need them. Uh, we could cut the number of children who die every year from about 9 million to half of that uh, if we have success on it. And the, the benefits there in terms of reducing sickness, reducing the population growth, it really allows the society a chance to take care of it. Did you hear it? Reducing sickness and he slipped in reducing population growth. 
Not once he said that. That was with Sanjay Gupta on CNN. Again, he said it. I won't play this. At TED Talk. Right there, my friends. Clear as day. Won't play that. Come back with me, friends. Are we here? And we're told, there's your statement, my friends, in Great Controversy, page 589. And Sister would also say, in Great Controversy, page 589, the chapter entitled, The Impending Conflict, that Satan, his human agents, are working in the laboratory of nature. And they will bring these calamities. But my friends, God is holding things in check. Imagine when God releases the winds of strife. And then we're told, look at the Sunday law connection now. Page 5-8, Sister White says, through spiritualism, Satan appears as a benefactor of the... Who is the benefactor? A helper. helper, a philanthropist, etc., right? Healing what? The diseases of the people. Vaccines, in quotes. But what now? And professing to present a new and more exalted system of what? Religious faith. But at the same time, they work as a destroyer. So what is connected to the movement of bringing healing to combat coronavirus, SARS, TB, etc.? A new and more exalted system of religious faith is the mark of the beast upon us, my friends. So the question is again, come right back. What group am I in? Two groups are living. The quick and the dead. Am I converted? Am I alive but spiritually dead? That's Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1. Many have a name that they live, but they are what? Spiritually dead. Today I say, dear God, bring me into that group, the group of the quick. What are your sentiments, my friends? And to pass this judgment, what does the first step say? Revelation 14 and verse 7. What's the first phrase? It says, fear God. So you can pass the judgment. What does it mean to fear God? Fear God, come on. What does it mean to fear God? To hate evil. To get victory over sin. What text is that? Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13. And friends, God revealed to me, and I want to reveal this to you, there's hope for me. There's hope for us. And God has sent his spirit to give us power to fear him. Desire to fear him. Power to live above sin. Power to be quickened. Go to Isaiah chapter 11 with me. Where are we going to, my friends? Isaiah chapter 11. And look with me at verse number 1. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse number 1. If you're there, my friends, just say amen. It says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Let's look at verse 2. Are we there in verse 2? It says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, 
the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of what? The fear of the Lord. Pause right there. So who will give us the desire and the power to fear God? To get victory over sin, to pass the judgment, to be in the group of the quick. It's the spirit of God. If that's clear, my friend, say amen. I want the spirit of God to fear the Lord. How about you? Look at verse 3. Who will God judge? Who will God judge? The quick and the dead. What do you find in verse 3? When the Spirit of God comes, verse 3, and shall make him, shall make Andrew, shall make you, shall make him of what, friends? Of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. I said, Lord, a cynic may challenge me. I said, this is talking only about Jesus. Yes, it's talking about Christ, the stem of Jesse. Yes, it's talking about Christ. Christ would receive the Spirit of God to fear his Father as our example. Amen, friends? And be quickened by the Spirit. But there is a scripture that also says the Spirit will also quicken us. I want to give that to you. It's John chapter 6. Go there with me, my friends. John what chapter? John chapter 6. And look with me at verse 6 to 3. Beloved, I want to be saved. Not that I doubt my salvation, but I do not want to come to the point wherein I am lukewarm. I think I am okay. Do you really want to be saved, my friends? Well, this is a life and death message. You are going to be reproved. You are going to be condemned. You are going to be rebuked. But friends, there's much instruction here. There's much correction here. There is much hope in Christ. Listen, John chapter 6, look at verse 6 to 3. It says, just the first phrase at first. It says, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. Pause, my dear, my friends. So what does that scripture say? So if God is going to judge the quick and the dead, meaning pronounce a verdict upon the quick and the dead, the quick are whom? Those who are alive and converted. Who are the dead? Alive but unrepentant. What verdict do I want from Christ? What do you want? So for us to be saved, we want the verdict that we have gotten victory over sin. Who do I need? Based on verse 6 to 3. Who do you need? Based on verse 6 to 3. Will you ask for him, my friends? Again, it is the spirit that what? Quickeneth. Where am I? Quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. I'll come back to the second phrase. Look at this now. Does anyone know what the word quick mean? What quicken mean? Quicken mean, come on, get your writing instruments. Get your notepads. Quicken means to be made alive. Friends, I did not want to just think I knew what the meaning was. So I went to my concordance. I went to my Bible to find the actual root meaning of the word quick and quicken because God is going to judge the quick pronounce a verdict 
on the quick. The Spirit will make us quick. Not quick meaning fast, per se. But quick means to revive us. To what, my friends? Look at the screen right here. I gave it to you right there, my friends. All the Hebrew and the Greek numbers from your Bible concordance. And the Bible confirms the root word, the etymology. Look at that. Quick means to what? Be made alive. Quicken. Revive. To be made whole. Please, friend, write those two words down. Revive. To be made whole. Does Christ want to revive us? Does our loving Jesus want to make us whole? Look at that. Quicken. Revive. Quickeneth means to be revitalized. That's powerful, my friends. Does it make sense? All right. Look at this statement here, my friends. Watch carefully. Steps to Christ. I love it. Page 49. It says, As your conscience has been what? Thank you for that word. By whom? Is that, is that not John 6, 63? It is the spirit that quickeneth. You can't do it. The flesh profits nothing. It says, as your conscience. Now, what is that book called? Steps to Again, steps to Christ. And what was my first scripture in Psalm 119? Order my steps. Quicken me, Lord. And what was my first quotation? Early writings, page 250. I, have, I was shown three steps. First, second, and third angels messages. Our destiny hangs upon the manner in which we receive these three steps. And what is that book called? All right, friends, as your conscience has been quickened by the Holy Spirit. You have seen something of the evil of sin, of its power, its guilt, its woe. And you look upon it, you look upon sin, that's fear God now. You look upon sin with abhorrence. What does abhorrence mean? Hatred. That's Proverbs 8, 13. Fear God, hate evil. You feel that sin has separated you from God. And that you are in bondage to the power of evil. Do you feel this way many times? The more you struggle to escape, the more you realize your helplessness. The flesh profits nothing. Your motives are impure. Your heart is unclean. You see that your life has been filled with selfishness and sin. Selfish. You long to be forgiven, to be cleansed, to be set free. Harmony with God, likeness to him. What can you do to obtain it? Next paragraph. You have confessed your sins and in heart put them away. Let's read now. You have resolved to give yourself to God. What must you now do? Now go to him and ask that he will wash away your sins and give you what, my friends, a new heart. Then what must we do? What must I do? What must you do? Then believe. That's what? He does this because what, my friends? He has promised. How do you feel now, my friends? Once you do this, 
And Christ comes to pronounce a verdict upon the living who profess to believe in him. We can be found in which group? Not the dead, but the quick. We have been what? Quickened by the Spirit of God. We see our need. Surrender. We come to Christ and claim his forgiveness and believe that we are forgiven. What group are we in? We're in the quick. Then he tells us, go and sin no more. Come back to verse 63 of John 6. It says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing, my daughter. Let's read on now. It says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Pause right there. That stopped right here, preacher. That stopped. Now, notice here now, friends. So who quickens us in the first phrase? The spirit. All right. What is called spirit? What is called spirit in verse 63? The word. The words I speak unto you. They are what? Spirit. So my friends, it is the word of God and the Holy Spirit of God that quickens us. Why? Put it down, my friends. Why? Because the Bible tells us God's word is quick. What does that mean, God's word is quick? Does that mean the Bible can run? What, huh? It gives life. But before the Bible presents life, it shows us how wicked we are. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. All right, friends. Where are we going to? Hebrews chapter 4. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, and look with me at verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 4, and for, are we there, my friends? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, and verse number 12, if you're there, just say amen, my friends. It says, watch carefully, in verse 12, for the word of God is, what's that word? Quick. And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of joints and 